Welcome to the Dental Master Series Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Vandermullen. This podcast is dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself, both personally and professionally. Throughout this series, you will have the opportunity to hear and learn from people who have reached very high levels of success in life and in dentistry. And these same people genuinely want you to be able to do the same. I'm so honored to continue on with uh, Dr. John Phillips again this evening. Um, and uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about new patients. But um, welcome, John. It's it's great to have you back. Matt, I'm excited about this one. This is, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the anatomy of how we talk to our new patients. Uh, I'm really, uh, really excited about this. And, um, you know, I can't, I can't wait to get started. Well, great. So uh, we titled this the top 10 new patient must do's for excellence in case acceptance and practice growth. And uh, John, how did you and I decide to come up with these 10? Well, that's good, Matt, because we, we, uh, we, we were talking about this and, you know, I, we're right here in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic stuff. So I just started sending out texts to my team and, and you and I started brainstorming this and I know you did this as well. And uh, this is a list that is team inspired and uh, there's no, you know, if we go 10 through one, uh, number 10 is just as important as number one. But, um, you know, this is uh, something that our team does every single day. On these previous podcasts, we've talked about basic, fundamental stuff. So, Matt, if, it, if it's okay, I want to challenge everyone tonight. Can, can I give my challenge out right now? Yes, go ahead. So, so listen, before we get started, I want everybody to just listen. You know, we... We have put so much time and energy into this, but from this moment on, you're going you're gonna to hear some things that are time-tested and proven, and I challenge every one of you right now maybe to pause the recording, get out a pen and paper, possibly be open to the idea of changing some things, possibly, Matt, we should be open to having our team members listening to this. Uh, this is powerful stuff, uh, Matt. How long have you been? How how long have you been doing, um, you know, comprehensive dentistry? How long have you pre- How long have you been presenting comprehensive dentistry? Well, pretty much from the very beginning. I mean, that was my training and my residency out of out of dental school. So I, <laughs> it's I I've, I don't even know any other way to do it. So and, well, um, yeah, and and you're lucky because uh, I I learned very young in my dental career that there was a lot I didn't know. And so, uh, we went, had two different paths paths that ended up the same way for the first four to five years. I did over 200 hours of CE mat and I know you got it all in the Navy. And so, yeah. um, here, here we are. And if it's okay, Matt, I'd like to just kind of, kind of kick this off with, with number one, I'm sorry. See, I did it. I did. I went backwards, Matt with, with number 10 Pearl, Ten. Pearl number 10. Now there's a, there's a reason they wanted us and they wanted me to put this at number 10. The Pearl number 10 is, is an active listening strategy. Now really active listening should be number one, but in a way that's why it's number 10 went back and forth on this one because it's a, it's a tough one because this is not just with the new patient exams, but in all areas of your practice. Okay, so whether you're thinking of help, help me, help me here, Matt. Uh, toothaches, uh, active listening, um, phone calls, active listening. Throw some stuff at me. 
Right. I mean, it starts from the phone call. It goes all the way through the whole process from phone call to the patient coming in to every interaction that you have. Um, you should be listening. And with my team, you know, they've learned. And, and that was a point that they made several times uh, in, in their list was, uh, you know, you have to really listen. And uh, so listening is is asking questions and not blurting out stuff. Mm. And It's very hard to do, isn't it? That's right. You have that, you know, you do that exercise. I'm sure, sure you've done it with your staff where you go around and you say, okay, the only communication here is just asking questions. The first mm. person that makes a statement loses. And that's a fun one to do. That's a fun one to even do with your family. It, oh, so, that's good. That That is good. I had a patient once, um, very, very high up in the corporate world. And we were talking about it because people in this world, they will understand this type of culture when they see it, whether it's at a, at, at a fancy restaurant or at the Ritz Carlton, when people say my pleasure, or when you go to a fancy restaurant and you ask someone, where's the restroom? They don't just point down the hall. They take you to it. They say, here, come this way. Let me show you. That's that culture. Somebody asked a question. And so you went out of your way, you went above and beyond to ask them. And so this patient, he says, you guys do a lot of training, don't you? And I said, Yes. Why do you ask that? He said, because <laughs> I can tell. Have you ever had somebody that has been, been like, man, you guys got it going on. Right. Yeah. It's usually, it's usually a business owner that appreciates that the most. They, they see take it. A look around it and they see it. And, uh, and I have several patients that are business owners and, and they, they come back to me and they'll be asking me, Hey, what book are you reading right now? <laughs> tell me nice. more about that. They, they, they learn from our practice, which is, which is really cool. Well, this, this is what, this is what this, this patient said. Uh, he says to me, he says, you know, uh, we work on this too. And I have a saying that I, I tell, uh, everyone of my employees and I tell them almost on a daily basis. And he was in the rental business and they rented out large cranes. They rented out bulldozers. They rented out all kinds of construction stuff. They even rented out porta potties. And so they were, um, people need stuff. They need it. They, they need it when they're calling. And so he right. would say, when somebody calls on the phone or when a client is there in front of you, you have to be here now. And that's part of our culture. Be here now. That was his saying. It's very hard to do. You have to be engaging and it can be right. very, very exhausting. Matt, do you have a new patient coordinator? Yes, but um, it depends on what you Everybody has different definitions of new patient coordinator. So I know in your office, a new patient coordinator is, is someone who sort of takes them through the whole process. That's I right. I that, don't have that luxury in my office. So we have a lot of handoffs um, between the team members. And that's what's so critical there. Mm. And, we, and uh, we've learned a term and, and my staff members, uh, team members have brought this up is that the triangle of trust, we call it. So there's usually three people involved when, whenever you're doing a handoff, right? And so there's always this triangle. And, and so they're always thinking in triangles. And then when you sit down and you talk to a patient and you're listening to the patient, you're not behind their back, right? And we always, <laughs> in dentistry, we're so used to being behind people. Mm, and that's good. We're back, there, we're back there talking to the, uh, to the, to the computer monitor instead of to the patient. And so literally when, when the, when there's the doctor and the, uh, the assistant that's involved in the examination of the patient, the assistant or the hygienist, whoever's doing it, and myself or whichever doctor's in there, literally looking across each other, make sure we're in a, in a, in a perfect triangle. So we know everybody's in the right place. Mm. 
That's good because we talk about the same thing. We talk about knee to knee and eye to eye. And when I'm sitting there facing my patient um, uh, in the very beginning, I'm lower than my patient. I'm sitting down. The chair is raised up higher to them because some of our high fear patients don't want to be preached to. So I want to be looking up to them. I don't want to be looking down on them, making them feel maybe unimportant. I want them to feel important. And, you you. You, you know, when you think about the triangle of trust, and you think about be here now, think about the new employee that doesn't understand this, okay? You have a new employer, either they don't understand or they don't care. They're not going to make it long in Matt Vandermolen's office, are they? No. Okay, so they're probably, all right, let's talk about this. They're probably chewing gum. They, they might even have their phone out, right? They're back behind, they're back behind the, uh, the patient, and they're probably looking down the hall. Or what else are they doing? I mean, they're definitely not paying attention, right? Right. And so that's that's everything that we don't want to do. And so um, this was why we wanted it to be number 10, because it all starts with this type of a culture. and um, Very foundational. Very foundational. Yes. So that's a good one to start with. And so, Matt, when you what when you think of a fancy restaurant or a fancy hotel that has their act together, what you know? Let's let's name some companies that have this type of culture. Well, I mean, any you know, any town, any city um, is going to have their their five star, uh, you know, restaurant, five star hotel. And I think one of the differentiating things that that we've captured, and I've just sort of found it within my culture now, is that, you know, we always talk about service, five-star service. And and service is really something you do to somebody. Um, That's so good. There, here. And really, um, I've been borrowing more and, and reading more about um, from people in the restaurant business and in the hotel business they like to use the word hospitality. And so sometimes a Ritz Carlton, uh, you go there and it's, it's almost like, eh, they're, they're throwing out. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I mean, you can go to Chick-fil-A. Uh, do you guys have Chick-fil-A? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Chick-fil-A. Yes. I, I love, you can tell they're trained, um, because they're, they're throwing out that it's my pleasure. They're not going to say, yeah, it's no problem. And, uh, so, so I think it's a great phrase. Um, but, um, sometimes it just, it doesn't sound authentic. And so that's, that's what you, when your your friend that has the rental business, when he says, be here now, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're really with that patient right now, you're not just going to say stuff. It, things aren't just going to come out. And when you say it's my pleasure, it's really going to come off as it, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That, I mean, that, that is really good now <clears throat> to benefit Chick-fil-A. They're taking high school kids and they're training them like crazy. It's right. amazing. So, ever, so Dennis out there, don't ever let your staff tell you that, oh, I just, I just can't do that. Um, that would, that would be due. You go, go take your staff member out to Chick-fil-A for lunch and in within 10 minutes time, they'll, they'll realize how, how crazy that is to say, well, I don't think we can do that here. Yes. Chick-fil-A with high school kids, you can do it anywhere. Great point. So, yeah. So yeah. Uh, John, I know you're really big on uh, doing office tours and uh, you've got quite, you've got a beautiful office. So how, how does that work? I mean, what, um, well, where does that start? How does that work? Well, when, when, you know, when we, when, when, when our, when our client, our guest, our patient comes in and we were talking about this, it's all about how can, how do you make them feel? And we want to make them feel like they're at grandma's house. And, and we talk about that all the time. And that's why number nine is our office tour. 
This is what my my, uh, my my employees and I, what we talked about, because we want to always be building value. The office tour isn't just to say, here's the bathroom. This is where the bathroom is, and this is where the uh, coat rack is, and this is where you can get some coffee. No, no. As you're taking the patient down the hallway, now, as you're taking them down the hallway, you're telling them about procedures. This is a scripted tour done by a special person. Matt, would you ever do the tour in your office? No, I don't do tours. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, you, know, you know, you know, all I do is drill. That's all I know how to do. You know, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That yes, you're, you're, that's right. You're the grunt that drills and that's our job. Yeah. We're the only yeah. one that can do that. And so we have a person um, and she's like everybody's grandma and all the patients love her. And, um, it, we call her, we call her Mama Cheryl and Mama Cheryl gives all the tours and she talks about uh, that we're a sedation practice, we're a comprehensive practice, that we, um, that we do dental implants and that's one of our specialties uh, and that we, all the pictures on the wall is of our, is of our dentistry and that we've, we really, really, really focus on making teeth look like teeth again and, and doing beautiful dentistry. And that she'll even, I've even heard her stop and say, now look at this picture. Look how beautiful the patient's lips are and their teeth are and the gums because pretty lips and pretty gums and pretty teeth all in harmony make a beautiful smile. And she says this. And so it's choreographed. And, but you, you know, if I, if I remember John, John, uh, I think she was a patient of yours that you restored. Was she the one? Yes. Uh, a school teacher. She right? was. A, yes. Yes. And, and how about, she how about that team listening. So you don't have to be an experienced uh, dental assistant or hygienist to be a new patient coordinator. She has no clinical dentistry experience, um, but she is our patient concierge, uh, greeter, uh, everybody's grandma. I don't care the title. Um, we are we are painting a picture from day one that we are different. Now, Matt, let's take just sidestep here. Yeah. How's it going to change? Okay. Because coming in the waiting room and giving a tour of the office and showing the pictures, she even goes, takes them to the sterilization room and she talks about how here's the dirty side. Things are pre-cleaned before they're cleaned, before they're sterilized, and then they come out clean and they go over there. And here's the clean side. And so nothing is hidden. Uh, here's our 3D cone beam. Um, and this helps us to know exactly if you're a candidate for dental implants or not. Oh, we do Botox. We do Juvederm. And our average patient drives over an hour and a half to see us. We see patients all over Oklahoma and Texas and Arkansas. And so as she's doing this, we've got to come up with a new way. I, I, and, and so Matt, how's it going to change now? Well, you know, that's the, the, with the COVID-19, um, you know, right now, all of a sudden now we're being told our waiting room is going to be in our parking lot. And, and the, the, the waiting room itself, or the, I should say, reception area is really just a, going to become a kind of a fancy hallway. Uh, where we're going to get our patients through that as, that as quickly as possible and into the operatories, right? That's I mean, what that's it, I mean, that's what it looks like, right? That's what we're recording this on uh, the 20th of April. That's, that's what it's kind of looking like, at least for this point. So yeah, how's that going to, how's that going to affect um, your impression? Because obviously uh, mama has got a great big personality. She's very enthusiastic about everything. Is she going to be able to do that out to the parking lot? 
<laughs> well, that I mean, that brings up a good point because now is she going to be the one that meets them out in the car and she stays six feet away and she has a gown on and she takes their temperature and she visits with some with with them uh, ahead of time, five to ten minutes beforehand. Maybe right. she's going to be the one that stays outside and tells them, "No, stay in your car. Uh, they're uh, they're they're going to radio me when when we're ready." And um, talk. To, I mean, she knows everybody about everything about everybody. I mean, everybody loves Mama Cheryl, and so maybe that's a special person. See, I didn't expect this to come out of come out of tonight's talk, but when you bring them in, now the conversation has to be, "How are they doing? How are they doing during this pandemic?" And then, um. How's life going to be different now? What are our What are our patients going to see when they walk in that's different? So let's talk about that for just a minute. When when that patient's out in the parking lot, and you bring them in the side door potentially, Matt. What do you want to tell them that's going to be different than in the past? Like we're the PPE stuff, right? Right. So you've got all this, you know, you, you've got all these things, but hopefully you've you've advanced that ahead of time. I, I think uh, well, you have to. Um, you know like what we do now and, and we'll probably change up is that, you know, when that, when that patient calls in and they're going to be a new patient, um, we make sure that they get a welcome, uh, text, a welcome email attached to that email as a, as a, as a less than a minute video of me welcoming them to the practice. And, uh, and then we also send out a, a welcome brochure, which is basically all the things that we do. So we're sort of, it's a pre-tour. And at the, at the back of it, the last page has a little thing that they can actually put some things that they're concerned about. So, uh, and some people actually bring those in and they're all filled out. So you kind of know what their personality type is. From Absolutely. Um, but it just helps people to kind of, you know, get that feel. And um, so we have all that thing, those, all those things ahead of time. And now you're, you're putting a face to that, a, a real life person that matches, you know, what you've already sent out. And that's hopefully good. they've had a, had a very cheerful and a very positive phone call as well. Matt, that's good because it starts from the very beginning. I, I got to say something. This is like, you know, active listening strategy was number 10 and you have to be here now. But right. number nine is the office tour and really, it's more about always building value. What you just said uh, might have more, you know, maybe our office tour is going to look differently. And maybe there needs to be more emphasis put on what we send to our patients before they get here and how they're treated in the parking lot when they get here and how they're brought in. How can we be building value to let our patients, our existing patients and our new patients know that we're different? How are we separating ourselves? How are we building value? Because if we can build value, then we can build trust. And if we can build trust, patients will want to get their dentistry done with us. Yeah, I think um, I think that whole uh, is a worthy thing to have a staff meeting about with your team and and really go through. Uh, we you know we haven't figured it out. You haven't figured it out yet. But but at least we get it that um, that parking lot thing that that can't be like this isolation. You can't someone can't feel isolated. And then coming into another isolated area, you have to feel safe. Mm. That's that's the difference. Is what we're looking for is safety, not isolation. Um, so, so I think that's a, a good topic for some meetings. And yeah, how much do you prep the person ahead of time? How much do you do online ahead of time? But you know, I, I think you you, do, you have to really um, put on a show, <laughs> even starting in the parking lot. Yeah, and even. If even if it's how you're texting back and forth or your conversations you're going to have with them on their cell phone while they're in the parking lot, 
I mean, you don't necessarily have to stand out there. I mean, you know, we're in Illinois, it's freezing cold here in January. So I don't know that I expect somebody to stand out there in the parking lot, but they can have a nice uh, friendly chat, at least on a text or, or have a nice conversation as, as opposed to, oh, hey, you're here. Oh, great. You know, we'll be in a few minutes. It, it, it should be more than that. It should be. It, 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 is, it should be. Um, and, and true hospitality I, fa- <clears throat> fashion, it sure, sure should be. Well, that's... That, I'm sitting here taking notes, and, and I'm definitely going to have a team meeting about this uh, because our office tour now has changed a little bit. Let's let's keep going, you know, Matt. I, I, I'm just going to do a little aside for a quick second. Sure. At the beginning, at the beginning of this, you challenged all the doctors and, and hopefully team listening that they actually get out uh, a paper and pen or pencil and take notes. And, and uh, I want all our listeners to know, John Phillips, okay, He's got stuff going on. He's got an awesome practice. And now he's actually taking notes from his own webinar or his own uh, podcast. And so uh, I think the best dentists that that really put things to work are the ones that actually sit down and take notes. So um, take note of that. And let's move on. To, <laughs> let's move on to number eight. Um, yeah. which, uh, John, is, you call it your three minute rule. OK. Now, like this, some kind of some some end of some game or something. Or that's right. Now. Now, now, now the title is the three minute rule. This is a very basic thing that your new associates can do. Remember, if you're in a level one practice or a level two practice, moving to a level three with associates, this is a great way to introduce them. So here it is. Here it is. You've never met this patient. This patient could be a consultation. This patient could be a new patient exam. This patient could be the first time they've ever seen you in hygiene or possibly um, a, a, a comprehensive exam. Maybe I said that. Maybe, I'm, But regardless, this is the three-minute rule. When the patient comes in, you sit down, knee to knee, and you say, hey, you know, where, where are you from? How, how'd you hear about us? Um, get their full name. Uh, you know, I, 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 I have patients that come from all over. I saw a patient the other day. I got to tell this story. It's a great story. And uh, the, the gentleman was about 77 years old. And, he, and I walked in, I sat down. He was just there for a consultation. And I said, where are you from? He said, well, I'm from Duncan, Oklahoma. And I said, well, that's about 45, 50 minutes south of here. We see a lot of patients from Duncan. What do you do for a living? He said, well, uh, I, I just retired from the Halliburton Oil Company. I said, is that so? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, guess what? He said, what? My grandfather retired from Halliburton in 1982. He said, well, what division did he work in? And I said, well, my grandfather uh, was kind of, uh, he, he stayed there in the yard. He didn't go out and travel, but that's that. He said, well, that's what I did. And come to find out, this gentleman uh, knew my grandfather pretty well. My grandfather wow. retired in 1982. And all of a sudden we have this connection. Right. Now, how long did it take me to tell you this story? You see, we have patients that come to us every day. And Matt, these patients are farmers. These patients are teachers. These patients drive from a long ways away. Um, right. I, you know, I have patients that come from Iowa Park, Texas. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Where's Iowa Park, Texas? Well, it's 17 <laughs> miles southwest of Wichita Falls. Well, we've got some patients from Wichita Falls and Lubbock and Nakona, Texas, and and those areas. But I've never had anyone from Iowa Park, Texas before. What's life like about uh, there? And he said, "Well, it's a one horse town. There's a stoplight. You know, we're all country. We all, you know, wear boot boots and cowboy hats and buckles on our belts and all that stuff." The point is this: I can find out a lot about a person in three minutes. Yes. The, the point is this, 
that patient sits down in that chair and they look at me and they judge me and they say, who is this guy? But you know what? If they're from Oklahoma City, we can talk about uh, anything in in the big cities. Oklahoma City, I've seen a few patients from Dallas or Wichita Falls. Um, If they're from rural America, if they want to talk about farming or cattle or just where in the world they live, and, and we're going to have a patient that comes from an area not very far from there. It's just being personal. It's, right. you know, I want to know about them as the person first. And I think I like to say the three-minute rule is just being a human being first. Take your doctor's hat off and for three minutes be a human being. Does that make sense, Matt? Yeah, it sure does. And I, and I like um, where, where you're going with this, and I, but I'll, I'll say it directly is that you, you made the statement that, you know, that, that patient's judging you and that, you know, a psychologist will say, yeah, it's like in the first seven seconds or even less that they already, they've already decided who you are. So, so before that seven seconds is up, uh, you're, you're saying hello and you're saying, how, how are you doing? And you're getting in, you're talking about them. So they're going to judge you and they may get to the end of this conversation. I mean, you use the example, you talked about your grandpa, but you might not talk about your personal life at all. You, you're just finding out where they are and you, and you compliment them. And uh, I always try to find something to compliment them about. And I also try to make them feel important. So like that guy that you were saying is at Halliburton, he's out in the yard. Well, that doesn't sound like it's really necessarily um, a, 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 a real um, important job, but you knew, you, you know, your grandpa and you knew what kind of person he was and a solid person. And, and so, you know, I'm sure in this, all this, uh, you built that guy up uh, as to what he did at Halliburton and, um, and it's real important and also compliments. Um, I always try to start off. If, if I see something unique that on that person, and even if, you know, even if I really don't like their, their shoes, but I, I learned a long time ago from women, they said, you can't go wrong if you go in and you compliment a woman on her shoes. Like, you, you just can't. <laughs> so unless there's like their toes are sticking out of a hole, it's not supposed to be there. Right. Um, you can always go, man, those are, those are great. I love the color of those shoes. Or, wow, those are really cool shoes, you know. And, uh, man, you just hit it off because women are like, what, a, a guy noticing shoes? And so, you know, I stole that from a woman. A woman. And so, so I think find something to compliment make them feel important. So that's, uh, you know, my, my op- operations manager, she's had a lot of training in Mary Kay. And she says in Mary Kay, they teach you that that, that person has a sign hanging around them that says, make me feel important. Oh, that is, that is so true. So, so true. So not only sort of get to know them, but try to build them up a little bit uh, yes. and really, and showing in whatever they say they do, try to, try to get them to, you know, say, you know, if they go, oh, I want to do this. Well, that sounds kind of important. Tell me more about that. That's and they good. say something and then you can say, well, gee, that that's, well, that's pretty responsible. Okay. So this is good stuff. Now, now I said, it's a three minute rule, Matt. I didn't say it was a 30 minute rule. <laughs> Right. Because right. It so never we're, fails. we're talking too long about this, but it's so important. <laughs> well, you got to talk about it for a while. You, you've okay. got to make sure people understand the basic fundamentals because we've talked more than three minutes about the three minute rule, but that's okay. So, so you don't want your new associate doctor to sit down and talk for 30 minutes because then they're going overboard. Right. So it's a very quick thing. At the end, we always, we always bring up, how did you hear about us? Um, we see people from all over, um, and I always, at the end of my three minute conversation, I always look at them and I say, you know, Matt, I, I, you know, whether, whether you live across the street or whether you live in Iowa park, Texas, I, I really, really just want you to know I'm very appreciative. 
that you chose us and you could have chose anyone. So I just want to thank you for that. Right. And that's a, that's a great connecting statement. Uh, just showing appreciation just in general in life is, is a good thing. I will say that I do cheat on your three minute rule a little bit. So as we're going through the exam and maybe some, maybe the assistants is catching up doing some recording. I might just go in the middle of say, you know, whatever it is they're talking about. I may ask, you know, I, I'm talking sort of serious dentistry and going, you know, they've got this problem, this tooth and I got this and, and then, uh, oh yeah, well, well it, that new car you got, it, what, what color is it? Yeah, but okay, but hold on, hold on. Don't, I know we may, you may think we're getting off track, but we're not. We're talking about a new patient exam. You're hitting on something. If you're listening to this, please catch what he just said, because he is the master. He just said, He's very in a very serious moment and he stops and he said, now, what color was your car? And then he goes right back into it. And there are times I will look at this. Let's talk about an old, let's talk about a farmer. And we're talking a very, very serious conversation. And I know he raises cattle and I know he farms and, and I'll say, Hey, do you, you, you know, you've got all this work that needs to be done. And we're talking about comprehensive dentistry. And I might look at him and say, Hey, when when you're hauling cattle, do you haul cattle with a half ton pickup or do you haul cattle with a, a one ton Duramax Dually pickup? And they're like, no. I mean, some people on this call don't even know maybe what that is. And that's okay. Like me, no. I know, I know more than I should because we'll show that another time, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and so, and so basically the patient says, oh no, if I'm, if I'm hauling cattle, I'm definitely got to use a one ton uh, Duramax Dually pickup. And, and, and I'm like, well, good, because you're hard on your teeth. And you know, if you're a little dainty female, we might get by with a half ton pickup, but you're hard on your teeth. And so we're going to be thinking about fixing your mouth like a one ton Duramax Dooley pickup. And I already knew he was a farmer because of the three minute rule. I already knew what he was doing, you know, what, what, what he loved to do. And, and so that's how we relate to our patients. And, and, you know, Matt, I want to fill in the blanks. Basically, is what I call it. Just filling in the blanks. And Ooh, it, that's it good. Kind of, it may seem kind of random, but you, you get a feel for when I said my color question was: this person even care about color? Because you're gonna you're gonna kind of talk about teeth color somewhere down the line with that person, and do they value aesthetics and things like that? So, yeah, exactly. That's what that is. It's good. All, it's all it's all deviousness, but <laughs> it's all fun. And and you might think, well, this, you're just sort of you're just sort of managing people. You're controlling their minds and stuff. And no, um, it, these are techniques you use. But uh, the more you learn how to do these things and have the framework of that, the the more joy you'll have from from really interacting with people. You really get to know them a lot better. And 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 really, that's what you're you're there for. It's not only to get to know people, but to help them be better people. And and so you can't do that if you don't understand where they're coming from. That's good. The, the dentistry thing is that's just, you know, that's, that's what we do. That's our thing, you know, so we can collect dollars at the end of it. But ultimately um, we're, we're there to help these people get better. Well, but it's see, you set me up perfectly because that, so we've talked enough about the three minute rule, you know, we've, and, and so, and that was number eight. Uh, and so I have down number seven yeah, and it would come right after the three minute rule. It would be some form of a permission statement. And so Matt, I would challenge everybody listening if they were to go throughout their practice and hold their hand up like they're going to give a team member five and say, put your hand up next to mine. And if that, you know, or go home and do this with your kids. Matt, if I said, put your hand up next to mine and I push against you, what are you going to do? 
push back. You're going to push back. And so one of the permission statements, depending on the personality, I'm, I'm going to throw these out here. And sometimes I say on both, but the first one is, is that we don't push because we're not trying to manipulate people. We're right. trying to get permission to present dentistry in a way that they understand it. And so I might say something like this. I might say, you know, Matt, uh, you, you, you may have been at other dental offices where you're, you are made to feel like the doctor or the staff are pushing you to get more treatment done than you're comfortable with. I just want you to know that we don't work that way. We never want you to feel like you're being pushed or asked to get more care than you feel like you really need. Right. Now, what did I just do there? That's one version. I got another one, but let's talk about this one. I don't push you and, and we don't push. What, what did I just do? Well, I mean, you know, you've, you've let the guy know that you don't, you know, that on, on one level, he needs you more than you need him. Ooh. Uh, um, and that's, I think that's a key to all this stuff. Um, I think the once when you get to a level and, and some of you guys are just starting out, you're like, Oh, and I need everything, but uh, learn this at a young age that, that you don't need every patient. Okay. And so it's so important to really get to know the patient because you may decide, I don't really think I can help this person. Or I don't think this person's going to be someone that I'm going to care to really help because it sounds like they're going to be really difficult and I don't want to do it. And the older you get, the more you realize how to do that, it's a little easier because you got more money in your bank account. Um, but that's on one level what you're doing. And the other, of course, the other thing is, is you're just, you're just letting the air out of tires. You know, there's no pressure there. It's, it's just, you know, we're ready to, uh, ready to go forward. Well, I love, I love that you do that at the beginning, John, because one of the things that I do <clears throat> towards the end of the appointment, let's say it's a, a patient that they, they know they came in for dentures and they know they have to have dentures and they're just convinced they're going to get dentures. And then then sometimes I feel like, okay, I got to convince them to at least get some implants on their lower arch so they don't have that floating denture because I don't want people going around town saying how I make terrible dentures. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're lucky, you get a good lower denture that fits, right? So, so, so then I'll, then I'll move, I'll change, I'll change that. I'll go, you know, I told you I, I don't push, but I just, I, you know, I just have to tell you that this is so much better. And then I'll bring I'll tell stories of other cases. Here's what, here's what they found. And it's okay if you don't do it. I'm totally okay. We can do the, we can do the implants later, but it just works a lot better for your schedule. And you just go through one surgery. If we just do the implants at the same time, we take the teeth out. And so that has a whole different message to them. Um, because, you know, by that time they're hearing higher dollars and so on. Um, but if you're really authentic about that permission statement at the front, however you do that, that you let somebody know that, you know, you're there for them. Um, then when you do push, then, then it means something. It's yeah. not just push, push, push through the whole thing. Yeah, that's good. Well, that, I mean, that goes right along with, uh, the, the next type of permission statement. And it's, it's that, and, and now Matt, you're the patient and I'm talking to you and I, and I got to know you really well. And, and, uh, within, within three minutes and now here, here's some, here's another way. And yes, these are scripted. I've typed them up and I read them often because I want to be sure I communicate clearly I'm not trying to get over on the patient. I'm trying to make sure I communicate clearly with my patient so they understand what I'm asking or what I'm saying. And so I might say, you, you know, Matt, uh, you're here today for a complete exam, and I just got to share something with you. And, it, you know, I, I see my job as your dentist as diagnosing your problems and showing you the very best types of treatment that is available. 
And I see your job as deciding if that's what you want to do or how fast you want to proceed. And so sometimes, Matt, we may do things in options or sometimes we may have to do things in phases. But I'm about to take a look. And before I do, is that okay that I tell you the very best that dentistry has to offer? How do you feel about that? Right. So, so there's a patient, you know, well, that's cool. He's, he's not holding anything back, but in their, in their mind too, they might be thinking, well, how expensive is that going to be? Right. So there's always those, those two things. And then is it going to hurt? Um, that's pretty much it. So how do you handle that? Well, okay. So now you just brought up some objections here. Here's the thing that we are leveling the playing field with these types of, uh, uh, permission statements. And the main thing is, and, and Robert Cialdini, you talked about the scarcity mentality earlier about you don't have to see every patient. That Robert right. Cialdini wrote a book called uh, Influence the Art of Persuasion, and that's part of it. It's like going to the restaurant that the line's backed out all the way out the restaurant. You're like, man, I got to eat there. It must be really good. Right. you know. And so, Or like the soup Nazi off Seinfeld where the soup right. Nazi was rude as can be, but everybody's lined up because the soup was so good. Guess what? If your soup's good, you can be rude. But if the soup isn't good, you better not be rude. And so right. when I think about the confidential confrontational center, now, now hear me out just for a second. If I come across too strong, I'm pushy. If I come across too soft, I confuse the patient. Right. And the patient doesn't even know what to, to do. And the patient might even leave mad. If I come across too strong, I come across pushy and the patient very well could leave mad. Depending on the personality, they may tell you about it or they may not. We could have a whole conversation, a whole podcast just on personalities in the dental office. But now we're talking about confrontational center. I don't want to be too strong and I don't want to be too soft. These types of permission statements will put you right in the center. Because when you're in the center, you have permission to be comprehensive. And I'm going to say this again. You have permission to talk about options. I always give my treatment plan in either options or phases. Let's talk about that. Because to be in that confrontational center, Matt, you've got to give things where you give patients choices. Do I want to, do I want to give them a way out? Absolutely. So let's talk about the denture patient. We know that this patient is going to be in dentures. And they know they're going to be in dentures. Their dad had dentures. Their grandma had dentures. Their great-great-uncle Harry had dentures. And he wore them in his pocket. And they've already told you all that stuff. And so you're going to give them maybe three options. But you're going to talk to them about it ahead of time. And you're going to say, you know, we have some options in dentistry. And my job is to tell you the very best that's out there. And so uh, I've done my exam. And I'm going to say, you know, you're a candidate for option A. Option B, option C. Now let's talk about them. Option A might be permanent teeth in a day. Option B might be uh, implants and an implant retained denture, like an overdenture. And option C, and there's nothing wrong with this, option C could just be an old-fashioned denture. Now, Now, each one is different and, and, and each one has a different level of commitment. And at that point... Now, are you ready for this, Matt? I'm ready. I may talk about fees. <laughs> At this point, if I talk about fees, I may talk about it in generalities. 
If I talk about fees, maybe my assistant already has. Maybe yes. the pay, and and maybe I don't have time to talk about fees, but I look at my new patient coordinator and I say, "Casey, would you be so kind as to go over the fees with them?" Now you you, you notice that that's in the back, okay? So Here's rule number one with the permission statement in the exam. Always give options. Rule number two, an option could be a phase. Let me spend just a minute on this. Yep. We do comprehensive dentistry. We treat periodontal disease. We treat uh, gum infection, tooth infection. We also treat occlusal disease. And we don't overlook the smile design aspect either. We look at the whole person. We look at the lips. We look at the gums. We look at the chewing system. We look at the envelope of function. We check the joints. We're looking at everything as well. I know you are too, Matt. So don't foo-foo this off that we're just trying to sell something to our patient. Sometimes I have to present it in the way that phase one, now Matt on you with phase one, because it's been 17 years since you've been to the dentist, phase one, we're going to treat the periodontal disease with a one-year program. We're going to take out those four teeth and do some bone grafts to get, get you ready for those dental implants or maybe those permanent teeth that you said you wanted. And uh, we have to do some root canals on those two teeth. Now, now I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit softer than I'm talking on this podcast because of time. But phase one could be immediate concerns, including perio. Phase two, I'm going to write down phase two. It could be um, uh, implants, crown and bridge, all to be determined after phase one. Did you see what I did? Phase You're just just building the kit. You're building this person's health. And then they they get choices of what kind of restorations they're going to do. That's right. That's right. And the patient might say, I want to do all of it. And you might say, great, we're only doing phase one. And they say, I don't care. I just inherited $85,000 and I don't care what it costs. I want to do all of it. And I say, great, we're going to do phase one because I don't. Now, listen, some of you are cringing right now. There are some cases, periodontally, you don't know. The level of commitment from the patient, you don't know. How much bone they have, you don't know. And so there are some times when you have to do phase one could be $15,000 and phase two could be the $30,000 range. And I would say it just like that. Yes. I don't hesitate. And so this, this is, we're on number seven now of our top 10 list. And we're talking about a permission statement. Once you get the permission, then you can offer things. I don't want to push people away. Do you? No. And I think, um, you know, we haven't really talked about, um, you know, you're talking about when you go in there and you're talking, but, you know, hopefully uh, your new patient coordinator, your assistant, your hygienist has already talked to the patient a little bit. They're getting a feel for that patient. They're, they're establishing a relationship with the patient. And we all know this, that, um, and, and, you know, our assistants are good, uh, really at least mine are really good at now realizing they have to, they have to, they have to, um, they, they have to get a good relationship with that patient um, so that, that that patient will open up to them and because their job, and they know this, is why is this patient even here? Mm. I mean, if, if I walk into the room, if, if they didn't do anything else, if they just like didn't do anything else, didn't take any x-rays, didn't do any, I mean, it would be awful if they didn't do that. But the one thing they got to do is they got to find out, well, why that guy's here. So you give the example, guy's been, hasn't been there for 17 years. Well, he didn't just pick up the phone 
and just decide, well, I, I got to go into Dr. Phillips because it's, it's been 17 years since I've been to the dentist. Right. <laughs> right. Something, something happened in his life recently, recently that made him pick up the phone. And you don't know what that is. And so your, your assistant, your new patient coordinator, your hygienist, their job is to figure out why they picked up the phone. And it still happens. I mean, in our practice, it happens that, you know, we don't really get that out. Sometimes, you know, they've been asked on the phone, of course, if there's time that they're trying to do that and then then it's through that person. And maybe finally they, they tell the doctor and I, and I always get this look at, they look at me and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I can't believe, you know, so, so they, they learn from that, but that number one thing, and that just sets you up so much easier. So when you're doing these permission statements, it sounds, it almost sounds a little bit too grandiose. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be that way if you already have a feel for where that person's going and, and not, you're not necessarily going to, to cave in. So if the person says, yeah, grandma had dentures and dad had dentures, I'm having dentures. That's it. Don't even talk about, about implants. And, and, and my team in past years, um, they used to marvel at, because they wouldn't even talk. They would go, okay, and we're not going to talk about implants. And, <laughs> and so I come in there and I start, you know, telling the whole story and they're, they're like ready to sign up for implants. So um, because um, we let the person kind of adapt to it and we, we didn't belittle them, we just, we told the story. And, and I went ahead and said, it's okay. It's okay if I still tell you, I know, you know, I know you, you don't want implants, but can I just tell you what they do? Or can I tell you a story about some other people that got them and what happened? Oh yeah. Okay. And then it just kind of something clicks, not for all of them, but certainly a, a fair number that if we would just ignore it, it, it doesn't come up. So, but Matt, don't you know what's best for your patients? I mean, I mean, I mean, if it, if it was your family member, do you feel comfortable offering that? Because I right. do. And, yeah. and that's, that's the thing. We know what's best. Now, right. I don't know what's best for them. Financially, it may not be best for them. And you know right. what? I have to genuinely, and they'll read you and they'll know this. I have to genuinely be happy with whatever they agree to. As long as, if, if I write in the chart, um, gave, or my assistant really, let me back up. If my assistant writes in the chart, gave, gave patient three options. Um, option one was uh, maybe four implants and an Im- implant retained denture. Option two, maybe two lower implants. And option three might be just dentures or whatever the options are. And then patient chose this. Then if the patient comes back later and they're like, man, I made the wrong choice. I'm like, well, let's open up the choice. Yeah, we did talk about those, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we talked about them. And 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 so um, I like I liked what you said. I liked what you said because this is... This is all about taking care of the patient, and uh, it doesn't start when when the doctor walks in the room. You know, hopefully your team members um, have already gone in that direction. While they're taking x-rays, they're not talking about just the weather. While they're taking x-rays or while they're doing any charting or taking intraoral camera pictures or any of that stuff, they're talking and they're building a relationship. So, so we're on number seven, Matt. We got to get going. Um, oh, that was seven. We're on six now. Oh, we're on six now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So here we are. We're on number six. Uh, number yeah. seven was permission statement. Now we're just moving along the exam process. And so right. now we're going to. photo. You talked about photos a little bit. Yeah. That's what you're going to talk about next, right? Yes. And so, okay. and so now um, we're, we're going to do an integral tour of their mouth. Am I taking the intro camera pictures? No. 
No, when my assistant and sometimes she needs help, if it's a tough patient, we're going to get good intraoral pictures. And so w- this part of the exam is not a John, long... John, John, can I tell you something? Yes. Uh, I don't even know how to take intraoral pictures. <laughs> you know, they connected, it's like this cord that goes somewhere in the computer. and then I love it. Software. I love it. it it's, a, it's an amazing thing though. It is. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. And and so when you're when you're like a phase one doctor or a level one doctor, you you know how to do everything. And then all of a sudden, you something happens and you continue to grow your practice. The next thing you know, you don't even know how to push the button and take an integral picture. And that that is a, that is a beautiful thing. I started off with number ten, uh, talking about treating people like human beings. And along that process, we've talked about something called always building value. And so this intraoral tour with all the pictures, again, not a long process. In my practice, we start with tooth number one and end at number 32. And I talk to my employee, uh, my new patient coordinator quickly what needs to be done. And I might say to the, to the patient, I might say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, give my diagnosis to the assistant, and then we'll talk in just a minute. And it's fast. Tooth number one needs this. And it goes like this. Tooth number one is a wisdom tooth that needs to come out. Tooth number two um, has a cavity in it. It needs a filling. And, and then, of course, I'm saying the surfaces. Tooth number three is an MODL. Tooth number four and five, observe those. They're good. Six and seven and eight, they're very beautiful teeth. I like them. Number nine, the mesial looks looks suspicious. Pull up that x-ray. Yes, there's a cavity on the x-ray on the mesial of number nine. 10 and 11 look good. Hey, Casey, write down possible whitening. She's got beautiful teeth. This is awesome. Uh, 12 and 13 need, need fillings. Number 14's got a big cavity. That one's been in there a long time, Casey. Uh, that one's going to need uh, a filling down in the nerve of the tooth because that infection is bad. There's infection into the bone. And so that tooth right there, that's that's going to need endo, core, and crown. And then 15, 16, all the way around. I talk about the good teeth and the bad teeth. And that's quick. Now right. set that. And I, and I want everybody to, to, to take note that, <clears throat> that John takes the time, and I was told this a long time ago by a crusty old dentist, self-described crusty old dentist, he goes, if you look in there and it looks like a bomb went off, you got to find at least one little shard of enamel that's beautiful. On a, <laughs> even, even if the rest of it is just blown away and you got to compliment that. And he goes, I, I, I guarantee you, you'll be friends with that patient forever because they've never had a compliment about their teeth and they're coming in there. They're coming in there, right? They got the guilt. I've had, I got bad teeth and, yes. and they'll say stuff like, oh, my teeth are ugly. You know, we'll talk about that later, but, 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 you got to find the positive. And so you have to. the other thing that I like to do too is, and I like how you said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to my assistant here. I'm going to talk to my coordinator for a minute. And I'll be right back to you. What I tell my patients is I say, I'm going to be using a lot of dental jargon here. Just close your eyes and close your ears and don't even listen to me. Well, guess so, what they're going to do. Guess what they're going to do. Guess what they're going to do. And they always yeah. laugh and, and then they're listening. Yeah. You know? And so, and the other thing that I want everybody to notice is that, that John didn't just go M O D F L whatever he's using layman's terms mixed in with that absolutely Um, and so inside outside it's cracked it's it's broken there's there's infection down this you know all that stuff you have to use those words and a lot of you in coming out of school you forgot like real human words so um so forget about proximal surfaces and things like that okay Um, (laughs) i wasn't expecting to go down this direction this is awesome stuff (laughs) 
So uh, but I think that's a, that's a huge part of the communication because you're communicating with that patient in a lot of different ways, just doing the exam. And this is where, this is where a lot of dentists blow it. Um, in my opinion is they're just rattling off stuff. And so they, they in subconsciously, the patient has become teeth and not a human being anymore. You just spent all this time with the stuff we're talking about. And now all of a sudden they're just teeth. That's and, right. And that, you, that's a, that's a huge roadblock. And, and I just, and I'm sorry, John, I stopped you. You were on a streak there, but I just want to point out those subtleties because those are so important when you do the exam. Well, and what we're talking about now complements what you just said. And so, so we take these pictures by the assistant, we do this quick exam. It's not, <clears throat> it's not long and tedious by no means is it. And, and, and we're, we're doing over here psychology. And then we have pictures of our patient. We have other pictures in the room of other patients and before and after. Okay, now we're ready for an intraoral tour, Matt. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. There's three little words that I was taught a long time ago. And these three little words are such a strong pearl. I hope everybody would write them down. I will never get, this is basic fundamentals. These are three words of engagement. Okay, it is, you're showing a picture, an integral picture. The assistant pulls up a picture of tooth number two. And I say, Matt, can you see that black spot? Can you see it? No, I can't. Okay, well, look right over here. I know we're on a podcast. Use your imagination. Go with me for a minute. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you got a big cavity. Is that black spot there? That black spot, can you see the shadowing underneath? Yeah. Oh, okay, can you see how this one part of this tooth, this is a, called a cusp, this cusp has a crack on it. And when we look at the x-ray, can you see that dark shadow? And up in the bone, there's a big, dark, round shadow there. That, yeah. That's infection. Oh, now, no. can, can you see that? Yeah, I can. And, okay. And so when we see that, we know that that cavity has gotten into the nerve. Now, now what we're doing right now, side note, is for a new patient exam. It's for a toothache. It's for a patient that comes in that you did a crown on 15 years ago, and you put a note in the chart that might, have to ha might need a root canal. Okay. It doesn't matter. If you pull out the intro camera, you got to be building value. So here's the three words. Matt, can you see this crack? Matt, can you see this cavity? Matt, can you see that black buildup on the backside of your teeth? It looks like it's full of coffee stain. Hey, Matt, can you see that infection, that, that kind of that, that yellow stuff oozing out of your gums? That that's actual pus. Hey, <clears throat> Matt, can you see where you're missing that tooth? How long ago was it when you lost that tooth? Well, I don't know. Well, I bet it's been gone quite a long time, Matt, because can you see how these, can, can you see how these other teeth have drifted? Oh yeah. And, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and yeah. so. I think that was when I was a kid. Yeah. Ah, they took it out yeah. when you were a kid. Well, now can you see the wear on these other teeth? Your bite's off, Matt. And so can you see how maybe implants or maybe, maybe that leads into, to, to me showing you a pic picture of a patient that we've treated that's just like you. Matt, let me show you a picture of this patient. Can you see that these teeth were drifted just like yours? Here's the x-ray before, and here's the x-ray after. And here's the before picture, and here's the before after. And I'm sorry, and here's the after picture. Can you see how we leveled their bite and we fixed their chewing surfaces so that their bite would be more balanced? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and those of you that are, are not, you know, if, if you're slow like me, that the three words are, can you see? John, John just used a lot of words in there, but it's the, can you, 
<laughs> yes, it's can you see this crack? Can you see this cavity? Can you see the wear pattern? Can you see the infection? Can you see how puffy and red and swollen your gums are? How long has it been since you've had your teeth clean? Well, this is all tartar. Can you see how it's kind of wrapped all the way around the tooth? Right. And I, you know, uh, John, I, I like your, your, you're doing this. So you're, you're, you're making the per person look at it and, um, and you're, and you're getting them to be involved because you can look at something and not see it. So I, I really like what you say. Can you see, uh, you're not just saying, look at this. You're saying, can you, can you see, can you see what I'm talking about? And the other thing too, is, um, this is so important. This is a skip that this is a part that a lot of people skip too, is that you see it and you go, Hey, you got a cracked tooth. You need a crown. It's, it's like, it's all in one breath. And um, that's where Dennis, when, when you think about why aren't people accepting my treatment plans is because they haven't accepted that they have a problem. That's it. So this is awesome uh, that can you see it and, you know, and, and you should see their head nodding. And now some people, some people, they just, they see it, but they don't see it. And so you can't beat yourself up too much with that, but at least you've tried, but most people are going to see that. And so your whole thing, you know, is well, why don't people buy my treatment plans? It was because they didn't buy it when they, when that they had a problem, they didn't buy it from the doctor, whoever's doing your, whoever's doing your money, that their job isn't to, to sell no. the fact they have a, a black area with pus and all this other stuff that that's the dentist job. That's the assistant and the hygienist job. That's why we take photos. And, and then, and, and until that person, you see something go glimmer in their eye that they're like, Oh, that's a problem. Then you can talk about solutions. But that's you right. Gotta, to really drag them through the mud uh, and that's something i had to learn early in my career too is that you know you, you think well you know he's got this this and this and and maybe the patient sort of nods their head but you know they really don't see it and and you have to repeat it and it's and that's true in anything in life don't don't think that everybody hears you the first time um you're gonna you're gonna you're going through this podcast right now and there's all this stuff you, you might want to listen to it again and get the details and same thing with your patient you know, this is a whole new thing and you're, you're intro camera, but you know, this, the angles are different. Everything's weird. So you really have to take the time to show them, okay, this is where I'm at. Um, it, it's amazing. when you take full, full arch photos, uh, people look at themselves. They're used to looking in a mirror, right? And and you have to say, well, this isn't a mirror. This is like me looking at you. So here's yeah. your rights. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so, so orientation is so important. That's good. And, and just, and, and just, like I say, just, Act like you're dragging them through the mud. You, you know, okay, you muddy enough. Oh, yeah, oh, not right. Okay, let's do another. You know, let's do it again. Almost, almost like torturing them. And and sometimes when sometimes I'll come into the room, the the, the assistant or hygienist already gone through the pictures. They've done this, and the patients like they're like, please take those pictures down. And I just look at them and I go, that's pretty bad, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's awful. Take it down. I go, no, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. I I'm love just it. Laughing. I'm just laughing with them, you know, because. I'm laughing, but I'm giving them some tough love there because I, I don't want them to forget those pictures. Now, if it if it's a high fear patient that's been 20 years before they decided that's, to that's, pick up that's, the phone, that's, that's a different story. Yes. That's a different story. So you got to be careful there. We yeah. talked about three little words of engagement. Can you see? The reason I like the word engagement is because you're building value by asking. You're dragging them through the mud. Now, my favorite thing is when they stop and they look you in the eye and they say, uh, but Dr. Phillips, can we fix it? Right. Then you know they've got it. Another good one is when the patient says, you know, I've, I've, I've been the dentist my whole life. I've never had a cavity. And you're going to be the first person to look in their mouth and say they have 11 cavities. 
They've never had a cavity in their life. So you take right. these good pictures and well, how do you do it now? It's different. You got to build trust. And I got to say, now, Matt, look at this premolar here. Well, I, I, let's use tooth numbers so you know where I'm going with it. Okay. I would never use tooth numbers. I would say, now, Matt, look at number six. Look, look at this canine. It's a beautiful tooth. That tooth, uh, the shape, the form, there's no cavity in it. Let's go back. Tooth number five. Now, on this premolar, you've got some deep grooves. I would observe those. I wouldn't treat them. Let's look at your other premolars in your mouth. All have deep grooves. They all look good. I wouldn't treat any of them. But now, let's look at this molar on the upper right. Can you see it's black compared to the other ones that weren't? Right. Can you see a difference? Now, the patient can't deny it. Right. Yeah. I can see a difference because you showed me what was good. Show and them then, what. And, and you've read what was good and you, you basically compliment him on that. Man, this is the most beautiful canine tooth. I, this, this is like canine. And you can even joke. This is like canine of the week. Okay. <laughs> canine I, of the week. I love it. If we ever make a canine trophy, we're going to use your tooth. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the model. You know, so you just kid with them a little bit. And you can do that. Even fearful people. I think you want to bring out positive and try to bring a little humor and, and it's a little touchier and, and that takes some, some, takes some experience. I, I'm not going to deny that. Um, and you have to, you have to be more gentler with those kind of people, but even some of those people, if you can get them laughing, then you're, you're gold. If you can get someone who's a, a, going to be a sedation patient, they're high fear and they're laughing, even if they're still crying in between, but if you get some laughs out of them, a smile, you've won. And, yeah. and that's a great feeling right there. Yeah, you know, John, we've we, we've made it through half of them in our hour, so um, now good luck doing them all, right? I re, I, I mean, where did the, so, where did the hour go for real? So I, I I hope all of you listening have enjoyed this as much as John and I have. Um, uh, I've learned a lot. I took some notes, and I know he did too. Um, and uh, I think we'll just do a part two, and uh, we'll start up with uh, go five, four, three, two, one on our next podcast. So until then, uh, thanks again, John. Appreciate hey, Matt, listen, the whole point of this is systems that take patients, take your practice to the next level, right? Yes. Level yes, two to level three, level three to level four. And that's what this is all about. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. Until next time, uh, we'll see you guys soon. You've been listening to the Dental Master Series, a periodic podcast on timely and stimulating topics for the success-driven dentist. You can find more Dental Master Series podcasts at SunriseDentalSolutions.com or by searching for the Dental Master Series on your favorite podcast app. The Dental Master Series was created by Sunrise Dental Solutions, an exclusive community of highly successful practicing dentists who have succeeded through different paths, working as a group to meet the collective needs of their clientele. To learn more about how Sunrise Dental Solutions can optimize your practice and assist you in defining and achieving your vision, call 1-800-750-0737 or visit sunrisedentalsolutions.com.